So a friend from Ireland actually brought me to Bambot for the first time about a few months ago. And as soon as I walked in, it was the most chill, welcoming vibe that I think I've ever had from any kind of coffee or tea place. When I found a Bampot, I had just come back from like a big spirit quest, you know, out in BC and like living in a tent on an island and meditating all day long. Um, very soon after I came back to Toronto, my friends were like, hey, dude, you got to go to Bampot. I was like, okay, what's that? Went to Bampot, walked in the door and was like, oh, my people, are you hiring? Um, so I started there in April of uh, 2015, who's only a year old at that point. First, when you're walking up to the place, it's uh, it's this little house on Harvard Street. Um, it's over 100 years old. It's It sets itself apart by being the most colorful object on the street. <laughs> Everywhere else on the street is like at least three stories. And this place is essentially a bungalow. The steps leading up to it are made out of brick and the whole house is made out of brick. Very deep burnished colors that make you feel uh, almost at home. And then when you walk in, tiny on the outside, but large on the inside somehow, space. I walked in and there were curtains hanging. It smelled like incense. And I was being asked to take my shoes off. Directly to your right, there is a shoe rack and you're in socks the rest of the time because you're in somebody's living room. This is not a normal restaurant. You are welcomed into somebody's home and that is what it feels like. And then you walk through the curtain and there's just cushions. It's like stepping into like a Turkish hookah den. There's like artwork and beautiful music and they're serving this tea and this homemade food. It's this sensuous experience. It has a very unique smell to it. It's just all the different tea leaves, all the different herbs and spices. It just has a very unique aroma to the place. It's also very bohemian in the sense that like there's all these like cool pictures of like old people on the wall and like it's it looks like it just got cobbled together from like a bunch of different garage sales or like estate sales from old people everything is mismatched N nothing seems to really like have like a very specific theme to it but everything seems to fit because of that uh there's a wooden frame hung on an air conditioner on the one wall because they can't take the air conditioner out due to the fact that it would just be a big hole in the wall <laughs> if they did that but it also doesn't really work so <laughs> they they just hung a frame on it so it became a piece it became part of the art of vampire <laughs> One of the first nights I was working there, I had left Bampot to go pick up wine. We put some wine in a teapot and we went and sat out front uh, because, you know, why not? And we're sitting at this table and uh, a couple people come in, obviously just fresh from a concert of some kind because uh, one person was carrying a violin. They were all dressed up in like suits and stuff. And they sat in one of the booths near the front. Uh, there's these booths that you can take off your shoes and sit on these carpets and pillows and like lounge. And these old folks were sitting around a round table in front of this booth and they started bugging them to play music. They were like, okay, fine, we'll play a song. So the one guy gets out a saxophone and then uh, this girl sits next to him and he plays saxophone while she sings. And Mark, he's the owner, explains to me his vision to this background music where he always wanted to own a sort of smoky tavern bar where it was like a jazz club. That's what. That's exactly how he put it. It was like uh, from like Blues Brothers almost. That was his identifying marker for what he wanted to move towards. And, you know, at the time we had hookah, so like there was smoke in the air and there was like some jazzy music being played and we were drinking and listening to this and, uh, you know, it was all very illicit and interesting and I was 23 and just totally enraptured by this vision and this idea that we could like create a place where like music and wine and just fun interesting times could flow freely and like just creative expression just could be 
everywhere because there's art all over the walls and we could change that and we could change every aspect of the place if we really wanted to we could like just put ourselves into it i really didn't know what i was getting myself into um i had an idea i had a feeling and i thought i don't want to live in a city that doesn't have a place like this and without that being there already established i thought well why not try and do it myself if people were to say you're an artist they say what's your medium Bampot's my medium. Well, Mark and I say Bampot is like we're selling our lifestyle in some way, you know? So like everything is decorated to our own aesthetic or liking and we serve everything authentically and it's handmade and, you know, nothing's artificially sold to you. It's genuine. You want a good pot of tea? We have that. You want good food? We can give you that. Because we don't hassle people. We don't continually ask people to keep buying things, buying things. Oh, you're not buying anything. Go away. You know, it's, it's not like that. It's... It's a place for people to come and just be. You, you come here and you, and you can be who you really are with people. It's so refreshing rather than going going to like on a date to a restaurant and you have to like put on like a, an emotional tie. But here you come in and it, you can just be frank and you can see what's really happening. And you can touch the ground of your own emotional life. There's all sorts of different people talking about all sorts of different things and almost unanimously it's from this incredible place of heart-centeredness. You know, even if they're just sitting and playing board games, they're often also discussing like the nature of reality or what it means to grow as a human or, or how to open your heart to your lover. So it, it, like in that way, it also felt very real and home-like to me because being in this industry where I have to smile all the time and have to like present as like a very specific thing constantly, this, this place did not make me do that ever. But people would come to me and ask me, hey, so I have a stomach ache. And I would go, oh, okay, well, I can make a tea for that. <laughs> and I started doing that a lot and just going through all these lists of things that they, ailments they might have, or uh, they would go through like what, how they were feeling and how they would want to feel after. It's, it's interesting. They, they encourage you to take ownership of the space when you're there, even as a guest. It is a living room in the sense also that it lives and breathes of its own accord. And so... As the time goes on, it is a dynamic space which changes and grows and takes what it can from the people that enter that space and incorporates it into part of the whole. You just you have this feeling that um, you're in the right place at the right time and that you, you found something here. And it's this magic that happens. People often leave here just getting a thing that they need. I've personally introduced, I think it's like five couples now that have ended up getting married. Um, Clayton, who used to work here, uh, was me that introduced them to Harjo. Harjo was a customer and Clayton worked here. I think it was one night they were going to go for a little walk and I was like, wow, Clayton, you need to take a bottle of wine with you if you're going to go for a walk in the, at midnight, you know, and um, I guess the rest was history. I mean, uh, I'm not going to claim uh, I interfered in any way, but I definitely was there to introduce them and they'll tell that story too. It's, it's wonderful. You get to hear all the stories from all the, all the people who come through the place. Toronto would not be Toronto for me without Bampot, for sure, because... Even now, I still meet up with all these people that I met through Bampot. I went through yoga teacher training because of somebody I met through Bampot. I have multiple board reading groups because of people I met through Bampot. I just know about so many different things in the city because of Bampot. It, it, it created culture for me as much as I tried to create culture inside of it. So Toronto became more of a home because Bampot existed. I feel that it was a very important part of my own evolution. I feel like I'm more open as a person I'm more open to other people, but I'm more open to myself, more open to expressing what I'm actually feeling. And just like full of love and being with 
whatever experience, whatever people are there, you know. Like, I've always been a sociable person, but I was very awkward about it. Uh, now I'm very much less so <laughs> because of that place. How would you say the city would be different if it no longer had Bampot? I mean, this is a little secret gem, do you know? I don't know if many people know about this place. I think that many, many beautiful wanderers would have nowhere to go. You know, they would have no place to, to congregate and like celebrate life and the cosmos and enjoy tea and playing board games. How would the whole city change? I think kind of like a bass player in a band, you know, like you often don't know they're there, but you definitely know when they're not there. It's, it's, a, it's a sanctuary to go for respite from often overly busy lives and our overly scheduled and restrictiveness in general. And I think that the city would maybe become a little bit more uptight if the band pod wasn't here. Yeah, it's a, it, it's truly a beautiful space that was built by two incredible people and maintained by a myriad of hippies. <laughs> You've been listening to Bampot, the public living room, the public art piece, created by me, Alina Kuvshinova. This piece is a part of Fixed Point Arts and Media's Points of Empathy project, made possible by Canada Service Corps. A big thank you to all who made this podcast possible. Alex Moore, Mark Newell, Bianca, Hannah Elizabeth Kalman, Jamie McClymont, and the Fixed Point production team.